Welcome, folks, to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. I am Doug. Over here is Bug, and down there is Little Tug. How y'all Little doing? T- I'm doing good, man. How are you guys? Making it. Bueno. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you can do, man, is just make it by. You know, it's better than not making it. I'll give you that. Uh <laughs> That was that was about to be terrible. I'm not going to say what I was thinking there. Um, oh God! <laughs> uh, I need to, I need to collect myself. That was ooh, that was about to be a really bad transition. Did uh, Doug but, just break himself again? He does yes, this every now and then. Yes. In short, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so we are here to preview Week Nine of the college football season. Rivalry games are piling up here we have a whole lot of them to get to this week and next week and the week after that and the week after that there's a whole lot of rivalry games happening here we're the meat of conference schedules somehow some way a lot of games right now still are between teams who have no common opponents even though we're in the dead heat of conference schedules so a lot of these picks are still on the vibes of the team and how they've been performing so far we have no real reference between the two programs for like most of these picks still. So it should be a very interesting week and a lot of a lot of just going with the gut still this point in the season. Uh, but we do pick all of those rivalry games and the rank versus rank matchups plus nine other games because we feel like it. It's still never enough. I'm sure we'll talk about like 20 more on Monday. Because we love college football. Most likely. Most likely. It is not most likely. It is definitely true that we love college football, except for Tug. He's watching the NFL instead. I can love all football. (laughs) No, you can't. There are four college football games on right now, and you're watching the NFL instead of any of those. Because you're watching the college game. I will say, though. One of them. I will say, though. (laughs) We can only rate out to an NFL game because the NFL is the only one that's on Twitch. So enjoy watching the Thursday night football game after the show. I'm watching the Thursday night football game that we picked as a rivalry matchup because we had to make picks on Monday because the game's already happening. It's almost halftime, but we'll talk about that in a second. Before we do that, if you'll remember last week, we had a, an incident at Northwestern State University or just off campus. Actually, uh, one of their players currently on the team was murdered. Uh, we did have a moment of silence on the show. Didn't entirely grasp the entire thing surrounding the situation. Uh, I guess there were some other things going on. In addition to that's a teammate and a student that the university has lost. As such, they have decided to cancel the rest of their season this year. And their head coach has decided to step away from the program. This is a really rough time for Northwestern State. That's a tough way to go out 2023. Um, I, I I don't know what there is to say other than my heart sincerely goes out to all those players and families, and especially the player, the family of Ronnie Caldwell. No, man, I, I really think that's all we can say to it. Um, there, there's nothing to say. This is absolutely devastating, both for the program, for the team, for the for like you said, the family, uh, for all the players. Uh, it, it's brutal. I hate that it's come to this, and I hope the players get all the help that they need. 
They have said even though football is canceled, of course, classes are still ongoing, and the athletic department still has all support staff available for student-athletes. So, with that in mind, there was a rivalry game this weekend with Northwestern State that we will no longer be picking. Uh, the least of the concern in that situation. But still, uh, if the slides look funky, that's why. <laughs> Uh, but we are picking all of the rivalry games that are still ongoing. And we have a few ranked versus ranked matchups this week as well. We pick all those. And we get bonus points based on the games that we pick after all that. Uh, for the first time all season, we gave out a negative bonus point based on the poll on X. A uh, pretty overwhelming majority voted no. Northwestern Nebraska I, was not well, a the, good game. Hold on. The second time. Okay, but hear me out on this. Our, as we have in the rules here, zero of three good games. Good is, is it good or is it not good? The first poll, the reason we did the second poll is because Doug decided he was going to go free balling it on Twitter. On yeah, send it. And get, no. Good, one. However, when you added together the votes for mid and no, it did not win. It did and my not- my argument though is if you take that, and again, it goes into the three options versus two originally. Right. You don't know where those other three votes are going to go, especially when you only needed one of those additional votes to guarantee the win for good anyway. Right. So, even if even if just one of those guys had, I know that's not how the result turned out this time. It is what it is. But. That's all I'm saying is we can't just go and say, well, mid is this. Well, no, you gave them that middle option. If you don't, I, but it's not good. Debating this. Please, please stop debating this. I know I fucked up. You lost twice. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so the bonus points are now like this with the first negative of the season going to tug. Uh, we hope to not have any negatives because that means that we didn't do a good enough job being uh, stewards of college football for you guys. But, of course, it would be the NFL lover who gives us our three bad college games. <laughs> I had to. I had to. It was on the – it's too easy. <laughs> and I got two uh, before points, we, so, I mean, I'm pretty happy yeah, that. Yeah, that's your first two bonus points of the season as well. Period. <laughs> like, yeah. at all. But we did have a rivalry game that we picked before – this week, we picked it on Monday night, so if you saw that show, you'd already seen these picks. Uh, Georgia Southern is up at half now. It just turned to halftime. It's 27-7, to 7, Georgia Southern. Looking good for me and the Panthers. Of course, I will say there have been bigger comebacks already Second this season. Team. And uh, Georgia State's got a killer defense on them. Just a couple of turnovers went Georgia Southern's way. Uh, some really good field position at times because the offense couldn't get going, but I'd expect that to change. This is probably still going to be a great game down the stretch. I'm going to be yeah. keep watching it while we're live here because that's what I do. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> but we also have some ranked versus ranked matchups. Of course, we are still using AP poll for the last weekend of the season. Next time that we do a preview we will have college football playoff committee rankings for 
the show. Very exciting. Uh, we, of course, do have FCS playoff committee rankings, but they only do a top 10. That did release today, but, like, yeah, it's just kind of need a 25. There's a 24-team playoff field, so let's let's use 25. But isn't it, like, only – and even that only like eight of them are actually ranked when the playoffs start too. Like yes. there's only eight ranked seeds. So it doesn't even make sense that they do a top 10 except to give you an idea of who's on the bubble. Well, That's cause there are dumb. eight, there are eight buys, right? So right. They, the all, ten, are... all 10 of those teams will be in the playoffs. I almost guarantee. Yeah. Yes. If they're in that final top 10, it's just the yeah. last two don't get a buy. I don't know. It's dumb. Just do 25. Do us all. I know. Or at least 24. This do 24, just... like, do a 24, 24 plus funny. one. They, First team out. Yeah, yeah, this this is just the uh, warm up, the uh, the appetizer, if you would, for their crappy rankings that'll probably come out next week. I mean, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Starting us off though in the rank versus rank matchups, we have a battle of the state of South Dakota, South Dakota State at South Dakota, the Jackrabbits against the Coyotes. I know who I'd take in real life, but in football. We are all siding with the Jackrabbits here. I'm I'm just saying the Jackrabbits might outrun the Coyotes on uh in real life too. You never know. Rabbits well, are fast, definitely man. in the game of football. Oh yeah, definitely in, in this game the Jackrabbits <laughs> are going I'm not gonna say they're gonna run away with it. The Jackrabbits had a semi scare last week on the road against SIU. Uh there has been some chinks in their armor shown. That's okay. Uh, great teams cover those up later in the season. So we'll see how South Dakota uh, responds hosting South Dakota State here. Jesus, there's a lot of South Dakotas going on. Um, it should be a fantastic game. I'm still taking the Jackrabbits in this one. What, what's that saying about defense? Defense travels. Defense wins championships. Getting to see South Dakota State up close and personal. SIU has a couple guys on defense. They have about two or three guys on offense, period. Uh, but South Dakota State was manhandling that SIU offensive line all day. They've got dudes all up and down that front seven. And then their secondary is equally as good. Yeah, there was there were a couple failures. That's what led to SIU's few points that they got. But overall, this defense is what is carrying this team right now. Uh, because if I'm being honest, that offense did not impress me. However, on the road, I trust this defense to get it done again, especially in a rivalry game. Which is kind of weird considering South Dakota's defense is the one getting all the praise at the moment. South Dakota State being perceived as the more balanced team. What do you guys think of the South Dakota offense? I mean, we've seen them put up points in recent weeks, especially against Missouri Valley foes. Just a a different, not exactly what we've come to expect from some FCS offensive powers for either school right now, but I would say both teams are really evenly matched. There's a reason this is a top five matchup. Absolutely. No, and, and that's really what it's going to come down to is they're evenly matched. The question is, can South Dakota, who has the offensive prowess to be able to, can they keep pace with South Dakota? Uh, and can they get that crucial stop that they're going to need? Basically, basically. Next up is a game that I will be at number 20 Duke at number 18 Louisville. Uh, yeah, Did you expect Leonard. this to be a top 20 matchup when you decided you were going to this game? Yes, because I only decided I was going like three weeks ago. <laughs> so really worked out for me. Ha, got uh, him. <laughs> Riley Leonard is uh, did re-injure his ankle against Florida State. 
I'm not sure if he will be playing here. That probably factored into this decision, but it is also Louisville at home, and they have looked surprisingly great at home in the first year under Jeff Brom. What do you guys think of this matchup? I mean, you just said the two things that I've been considering. If Riley Leonard was at full health, I do expect him to play because he seems to be that type of player that he's going to try to play through it. But even since he hurt his ankle against Notre Dame, he hasn't quite looked the same. And with him re-injuring it, I expect that trend to continue where he just doesn't look like himself. Not bad, but just not himself. Um, and then Louisville at home is just a different beast this year. Uh, it's been absolutely insane. So I'm expecting the trends to continue. I think Duke, it'll be a close game, but but that injury on Riley Leonard is going to be absolutely brutal. Yeah, we've seen it with a couple of surprise teams over the past couple of years uh, when they're leaning so heavily on a quarterback. Look at Arkansas a couple of years ago and Kansas. Uh when their quarterbacks went down, the team went down significantly with them. Uh, they're able to get it done against lesser teams. Unfortunately for Duke, Louisville is not a lesser team, and they get to play them in Louisville. It's not a yeah. not a winning combination for the Blue Devils. Next up, Oregon at Utah. College game day will be in Salt Lake City for this one. Oregon, the seven-point favorite. I'm still getting ads online for Bo Dacious, the Heisman. Push is still very much on, even after that one loss. Uh, this is basically an elimination game for the Pac-12 championship at Utah. Yep. What are you guys thinking with this one? I think Oregon is just an all-around team. Uh, I think they're better offensively, defensively. Uh, I think we finally have word that Cam Rising is not playing this year, uh, and that quarterback play out of Utah has been shaky. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It hasn't been terrible. But it, it has its moments, I both mean, good and bad. It's been way better than anyone should have expected, though. Well, give it that. But it <laughs> should have with the number two, yes. Should have with what they were coming expecting to come in with, no. Uh, but again, I man, I like Oregon here. Uh, I think they're on a on a path here, and I think they're going to solidify, hopefully, solidify their place in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to doubt Oregon except for the fact that Utah's been doing this well all season with backups anyway. Cam Rising not playing didn't really play a huge factor in this for me. But with that being said, if Bo Nix wants to prove that he is the guy for the Heisman Trophy this year, this would be a huge game for him to do it, especially off the heels of what Heisman, reigning Heisman winner Caleb Williams didn't do against Utah last week. Well, and I, I, I love it here because, Doug, you brought this up ahead of time. Uh, Utah is the underdoor, underdog, which means they're going to win. Uh, they play well as the underdogs, but uh, not well as the favorite. I Like I said, I'm not basing this entirely off of Cam Rising not playing. There's just I've seen up and down from Utah all year. Uh, their scare against Baylor was an eye-opener for me, and maybe that's what I'm holding against them here. I just generally like Oregon better with a singular loss to a – red hot Washington team right now. I'm going to stick with the ducks. Actually, the stat that I pulled up before the show was that the last five matchups between these two teams, the underdog has won. Ah, so you are correct. Utah does better as the underdog anyway, but it is funny to me. Seven point dogs at home. Yeah. I got to rock with the Utes. It's <laughs> just Kyle Whittingham Fair. way right there. Yep. <laughs> Next up a top 10 matchup, the FCS level in the big sky. Number two, Montana state. At number nine, Idaho. 
This is the media ranking poll stats perform top 25, but it pretty well aligns with that playoff committee ranking as well. Montana State number two there and Idaho either eight or nine in that poll as well. Uh, Montana State to me has seemed to be on a different level than everybody except for South Dakota State, a game where it was a bang bang play that was a questionable review away from beating the Jackrabbits. Uh, and Idaho has struggled as of late, but it is the big sky. It is a big time matchup. And I understand siding with the Vandals, but hand off to Bug first here. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going with the Vandals at home. One thing that I've really been noticing this year, especially, is at the FCS level, that dome stadium plays a massive factor. And we see it at the FBS level as well. Syracuse being the only team that really comes to mind is playing in a dome. I think they might be the only one just off the top of my head. And you see them frequently have upsets at home that nobody really expects. But in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Something about playing in these domes, especially at the FCS level when they're much, much smaller, plays a massive factor in how these teams do. Idaho has been very successful at home, and they've scored a lot of points at home. Montana State is a great team, but if they're going to drop another game, I think this is where it's going to be. I mean – I agree with everything. I'm actually really glad you took Idaho here because they do deserve somebody to pick them. Uh, But for me, it's exactly what Doug said. Montana State is on a different level. This is not going to be a blowout game. This is going to be a good game because of the dome. Uh, But I think Montana State just out-talents Idaho here, uh, at least this year. Uh, Idaho is on the correct trajectory. I still think they should find their way into the FCS playoffs. Uh, but for this game, singularly this game, I'm riding with uh, with Montana State. If Idaho ends up as a three-loss team, it's going to be hard to get in the playoffs. But, man, it doesn't feel like they deserve it. Oof. I mean, look, look at their losses. I think they have uh, an FBS loss. Yeah. They lost to Montana. And then they might lose to Montana State. Those are – that's still a solid resume. I know, but does Montana get in the playoffs at this point? Who knows? There are a <laughs> lot of really like good teams in FCS this year. Yeah, it feels like two great ones. Uh, we're watching a pretty darn good matchup here at four o'clock on ESPN Plus, though. Yep, in the ranked versus ranked matchups, and that is the last one of this week. Only four ranked versus ranked matchups across all of college football. Love it. We will we'll get some more going forward. I'm sure. But we have plenty of rivalry matchups to make up for this disgraceful lack of top 25 matchups. <laughs> Starting us off, of course, with some action. How could we resist? Western Michigan at Eastern Michigan. This is one of three games that decides the Michigan Mac trophy. Ew. That's how you can describe this game, though. Emu? Ew. <laughs> kind of like our picks. Ew. Ew. (laughs) What are you thinking with this one, Tug? You're going against the grain here. Yeah, I'm I'm going against the grain. Look, neither of these teams have looked particularly good. Um, So I'm going to go with the team that, you know, has nothing to lose here. They're fighting for their bowl. That was your whole thinking, wasn't it? No, it's they're (laughs) fighting for bowl eligibility in a in a rivalry game. They need the win to maintain bowl eligibility. So I'm going to. I'm going to take them with a little something extra on the line here uh, to, to pull the upset. I don't know, man. Knocking a rival out of bull eligibility is equally rewarding. It is. 
It is. Next up, Holy Cross at Fordham in the Ram Crusader Cup. This is a great game every year for the past several years. Uh, what scares me about this one, so well, first of all, Holy Cross has Matthew Sluka, quarterback, who has been uh, like as good as advertised, I think it's fair to say. Like, I don't know what else to call it at this point, throwing for, I don't know, a whole lot of yards, 17 touchdowns, also running for the most yards on the team and with seven touchdowns. C.J. Montez on the other side for Fordham, 17 touchdowns, zero interceptions this year. Uh, Perfect. I personally feel like that's going to change here against Holy Cross, which is why I'm picking the Crusaders. And, yeah, I'll recognize it, a bit of an upset on the road in a rivalry game, but it's a rivalry. Anything can happen. You guys are taking what feels like the safer pick. I'll give it to you. It's boredom. But what are you thinking with this matchup? Yeah, so for me, it's that Holy Cross has been almost impossible to predict this year. They've been hot and cold. Uh, their defense has not been as good as as expected this year. They're not bad. They're just not the level that we expect them to be at. Uh, and it takes more than one player to win a football game. And if it's a big if here. I mean, last week stop, definitely proved that. If you can <laughs> stop that quarterback. In Luka. Yeah. <laughs> if you can stop that quarterback, you can win that game. And that is a big if. But I expect that to be the entirety of the game plan this week. Yeah. Holy Cross has been too unpredictable. Tug pretty much nailed it there. Next up, Valparaiso at Butler in the Hoosier Helmet Trophy game. This one at Butler, who is performing much better this season than Valparaiso. Honestly, much better than I expected out of Butler. I didn't. I never know what to expect out of Butler, though. So them having a good year is already surprising. Look, but there's one thing I am comfortable <laughs> in saying, uh, and that's Val, Valparaiso is bad. So I'm going to take Butler. You're not a big Valpo guy, huh? No, look, man, if you want to call me a hater, I'm a Valpo hater. There you go. Uh, Butler, right. football school, it. confirmed. Catch this one on Flow Football. That's how big of a football school they are. <laughs> what? It's in <laughs> Indianapolis, so that's cool for them, I guess. It's, it's a basketball it's, school, Doug. No, Butler's a basketball school? No way. Next up, Clemson at NC State. In the Textile Bowl, this game will be on the CW, which Dabo Sweeney unironically said, I have no idea what that is. Can someone please tell me where to find that channel? It's where you used to watch <laughs> King of Queens. Well, apparently he's never seen that. So maybe that's why he's your least favorite head coach in FBS. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I agree. So he's just as confused by the Kevin James memes as everybody else. Got it. Was it him that said I, what? It, I don't know. Maybe not. What were you thinking? I can probably answer that question. There, there was one coach. I thought there was a coach out there that had said, what does this even mean? I could be very wrong. And I might have I just mean, seen it somewhere else. But Kevin James mean? Probably. Yes. I mean, you got to think, if I don't know what it's talking about, I'm only 30. These coaches are like 57. And it's just a stock image of Kevin James looking submissive and yeah. stupid. That's all. And it's 100% from King of Queens. I would And it's yes. 100% Kevin James resting normal face. So yeah, also correct. <laughs> also that too. <laughs> all right, so I understand this is where I'm coming from with this game because I'm 
the weird one taking NC State in this one. I entirely agree Clemson should win this game. They are better at almost everything than what NC State is bringing to the table in this game. But it's a rivalry game at home, and it's on the CW. And if we've learned anything about the CW this year, games on the CW are really fucking weird. So, (laughs) I'm siding with the Wolfpack. Part of me just hopes that NC State can win this game, and part of me thinks that there will be something weird happen here. Uh, Maybe the weird thing is that Clemson wins by 70. That would also be really strange. So, you guys are taking... Again, you're probably taking the better team here, I'll admit. But, damn, I hope this happens. The weird thing might be that Arrow shows up and saves the day for NC State. Look, my my take on this is Clemson has been not great this year. They've also lost games they should win, i.e. last week against Miami. There's definitely debates – not debates, but there's definitely something going on in that program with Dabo Sweeney's comments last week. But NC State also is not great, and they also have lost games that they should win. So when I take that, I will take the team with more talent, which is Clemson. I don't know if there's any game that, in particular they should have won that they didn't. I mean, maybe the Duke game being as one-sided as it was is surprising. A three-point loss to Louisville at this point in the season, you feel like that's forgivable, right? And, yeah, they lost big to Notre Dame, but most teams who've played them have, actually. So only two teams have not lost big to them, and those are the two teams who beat Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, I I don't know. I feel like NC State is uh, maybe a little bit slept on. Maybe I'm I'm not too crazy with this. I'm starting to believe. Let's go Wolf. There you go. (laughs) Next up, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party which nobody calls it that anymore, except for everyone who gives a shit about the game. Fuck you, ESPN. Fuck you, CBS. (laughs) Number one, Georgia. Coming down to Billy Napier's Florida squad and what might be Billy Napier's definitive program-defining win, the big culture turnaround. Uh, Of course, we're all predicting the Bulldogs will win this one, though, uh, because it's Georgia. That scares me that we're riding with this there's a good chance that some weird stuff happens it's a rivalry game and we all just took georgia this is this scares me i'm not changing anything but this scares me i mean we would have been right picking georgia most of the time over the last like 30 years in this game so it's we're probably fine so for a short span when tim tebow was there yeah yeah and tim tebow's not at florida right now so i think we're okay (laughs) can confirm he is no longer eligible to play football at Florida. That's fine. I think we'll be, we'll be all right. <laughs> Next up, Miami of Ohio at Ohio University in the Battle of the Bricks. This one will be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, we're all going with the Bobcats here. I got to think a big part of this is Brett Gabbard's brutal leg injury last week against Toledo. Uh Still grosses me out thinking about it, honestly. Really fucking bad. So I wasn't even thinking about it in terms of that. I knew that he got hurt and that was going to be a big factor. I was going to have this matchup a lot closer. Might have gone Miami of Ohio uh, if Curtis Rourke was still out, but he is still playing. He's active. He's going and he's playing well again this year. So with that quarterback battle matchup, 
clearly in favor of the Bobcats. I'm going to take the Bobcats here. Yeah, the only thing I'm really scared of is last time I picked Ohio to win a game, Curtis Rourke got hurt, and then they lost. So Ohio burned me for not taking them last year, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not letting that happen again. <laughs> I hopped on the train too late. Fair enough. Uh, next up, it is still considered a rivalry game. Pitt at number 14, Notre Dame. What school don't they have a rivalry with? Everybody hates Notre Dame. That's uh, <laughs> why it makes good TV for NBC. Yep. Uh, Pitt has been a, a really dumb team this year with a win that they have no business having over Louisville and just not looking great almost any other week of the season. Uh, Notre Dame, on the other hand, really does feel like they're putting some things together in a big way with Sam Hartman at quarterback. Uh, a lot of people are starting to pick up what Marcus Freeman's been putting down over there. So yeah. we're all siding with the Irish. What are you guys feeling? I'm feeling that in terms of this year only, Notre Dame is good. Pitt is not very good. So I'm, I'm going to take the Irish at home. Is that really a this year only thing? I feel like we could say that about Notre Dame every year since the, like the 80s. No, I'm saying Pitt. Pitt this year only is not very good. Oh, it is. It is a little depressing that Notre Dame wasn't able to to beat Ohio State and USC in the sense that it would have been an amazing turnaround, an amazing story for them this year. And it would have been the first time that the high expectations were actually met with a team that performed well on the field. And they certainly performed well enough to win both of those games. They're sitting here at 6-2, and two, taking on Pitt, who's apparently a rival for them. It, it, this, this almost feels like a deflating game for them. Uh, as far as importance goes after playing Ohio state and USC earlier in the season. Uh, yeah, this they're definitely better than Pitt, And this feels more like a traditional Notre Dame game where, Oh, the teams look good on paper at the beginning of the year. And then you get there and this is what you get. But this is really the first time you can say that about the Irish this year. And that's awesome and depressing all at the same time. I just want to clarify that Notre Dame beat USC. They lost to Louisville. Well, that's what it was. Yep. And I don't think it was that close. Yeah, I think Louisville handled that game, if I remember right. Louisville handled that game, and uh, they also handled USC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was when the bodied. that yeah. was when the anti-tanking memes, uh, the counter-tanking memes, appeared for Caleb Williams was after the Notre Dame game. Yeah, it was like after that game that it came out. He won yeah. partial ownership, whatever team drafted. Yeah. Like, what a bad time for that to leak, if that's even true. Anyway, uh, moving on here. Alabama State at Alabama A&M in the FCS here. The Magic City Classic in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, swag matchup with not a whole lot of swag implications in recent years. So Alabama A&M has had a history of some success. Alabama State is currently the better record, and uh, both two of us are picking the Hornets here. What are y'all thinking? Look, these two teams. I the way I see it, the way I look at it, they are evenly matched. Uh, I consider a four and three and a three and three record. I'm not going to punish you for a buy. Uh, so yeah, they're about equal on the records for me. Uh, where this comes down to the differentiator is when I get stuck like this: evenly matched teams, familiar opponents. I'm, I'm going to take the home team. So I'm going to take Alabama A&M here. Yeah, I just like what Alabama, 
state has been putting together. It's it's been a slow build. I don't know that they'll ever get to the heights that we saw Jackson State at the last couple of years, but I do think that this team has been going in the right direction generally over the past couple of years as it is. And this would be a great game for them to win and kind of start cementing that moving forward. Yeah, this is the kind of matchup where I'm either taking the home team or I'm taking my favorite player. My favorite player here is linebacker. Of course it is. Colton Adams. He made our preseason FCS All-America squad. And I love him. He's a retreat sophomore and a really good middle linebacker because, of course, that's my favorite player in the, in the matchup. Yeah. <laughs> is what it is. All right, next up here. Eastern Washington at Portland State in the damn cup. Uh, I really fucked up on this slide for the record, but if you go ahead and hit it, (laughs) Iowa State's going to win the game they're not even in. That's what I'm saying. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Doug. Idaho State. Let's fucking go, baby. (laughs) All right. So is Portland State your actual pick? (laughs) no it's eastern washington Uh, oh my god what i what i actually wanted to do with this this is not a legitimate like i screwed up this is more of a i idaho state is better than eastern washington and nobody has recognized that to this point in the season this is my big shout out to the Bengals. uh i'm picking eastern washington this game but Idaho State deserves some credit, and we've never talked about them on this podcast. That's what this slide why, is. Why didn't you pick them for your game this week? Uh, I didn't feel like it. <laughs> I felt like being there weird. There so many other ways of doing it. Portland State got their shit kicked. Oh, God. Teams. Yeah, Portland State sucks. I'm picking Eastern Washington, but the better team out of all of this is Idaho State. <laughs> Golly. I love it. Wow. Wow, what a great podcast. <laughs> the worst part is, I was like, I don't quite think that's their logo, but I wasn't confident enough to ever say it. It is not their logo. Their logo is a big PS. Cool. It's green yeah. and white. Portland State Vikings do not have a Tigers logo. <laughs> oh, my God. So this, this immediately becomes the second scariest slide of the uh, entire presentation today. I'll change it to Eastern Washington for next show. I'll, I'll make it less confusing. <laughs> anyway, next up, Dartmouth at Harvard, because every Ivy League team hates Harvard to some extent. Uh, Harvard is coming in with a 5-1 and one record after their loss last week to the Princeton Tigers. Dartmouth coming in at 3-3. Three and three. We're all picking the Crimson. So they might have had a slip-up last week, but the Crimson are just a better overall team. Uh, up and down the roster. I think Harvard is a better constructed, better balanced team. I'm going to take the home team here. Uh, and honestly, the overall better team. The only reason I wouldn't take Harvard is political and shit with their school. It has nothing to do with their football team. So why would I even consider that? Of course, I'm taking Harvard. Because you want to be weird and take Idaho State over Harvard. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> If I had explained my reasoning beforehand, I think you might have. <laughs> Next up, Air Force at Colorado State. Oh, top 20 Air Force team for the record. Number 19 in the nation at 7-0. Sounds weird. Competing for the Ram Falcon Trophy. And 
very possibly competing for the title of best team in the state of Colorado because uh, Colorado's falling apart. Air Force, Colorado State, <laughs> both playing very well as of recent weeks. Of course, we're all taking Air Force. We, we're hoping for that Blue Falcon at this point. You guys are. <laughs> Look, I'm happy no matter what happens, so it's a win-win for me. Like the, the Rams are a good team. I don't think their record actually shows how good they've played this year. Uh, they took a granted a limping Colorado team into overtime. Uh, I just don't know how much they can do to slow down Air Force. Uh, they're not as well versed in the triple option as Navy is. Their run defense, their defensive line is not as good as Navy Navy's has been recently. Like worst case scenario, Air Force is going to do what Air Force does best, which is going to control the clock and limit the scoring. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's going to be Air Force on this one. Fair enough. Next up, number 21, Tennessee at Kentucky. Uh, man, I don't even know what to say about this game. It feels like a extremely close matchup to me. I really wanted to take Kentucky. I just, for some reason, couldn't bring myself to pick them over Tennessee. I don't know exactly why. Just kind of the vibe, I guess. Uh, what are you all thinking with this one? Look, I think Tennessee's coming out mad because they were winning at halftime last week and then blew it. I think they're going to come out mad and they're going to come back and take out their anger on Kentucky. Uh, hopefully they play a full game. Who knows? This could go either way with that. Uh, but for now, I'm going to take Tennessee. So we're two months into the college football season. There's been two third Saturdays of the month of which Tennessee had a rivalry game because, of course, they did. And they mm -hmm. lost both of those. Uh, mm -hmm. So they're probably losing this one, too. Fuck UT. Kentucky basketball school confirmed. But it's but it's not the third Saturday. It's a fourth Saturday of the month. It's fucking a rivalry somehow. Kentucky's a basketball school. They're a football school. They're winning this game. Not the balls. Cats by 90. Kentucky somehow doesn't even have the best equestrian program in the state, but they might have the best football team in the state. I know they're unranked in Louisville is, but we get that game later, so that'll be fun too. <laughs> All right, next up here, and our last slide of rivalry matchups for the week, Vanderbilt at number 12, Ole Miss, because everybody has a beef with Vanderbilt going back to the days of the charter of the SEC. <laughs> Talk about why everyone hates the – it's like hating – it's like hating the crippled kid. Like, why? Did you never hey. see a nerd stuffed in a locker in high school? <laughs> All right, fair enough. That go. explains it. They're they're the nerds. I get it. I'm in. I know deep down the reason that you picked Vanderbilt, Bug, is because you can't pick Ole Miss on principle. I also feel like this might end up being a closer game than it should be. Uh, I'm still taking the Rebels here, though. Yeah, it's the Rebels are just a much better program. Um, now, Vanderbilt has surprised. They tried to hang with Georgia there for a bit. Uh, they fell off at the end, but I don't know. Ole Miss has put together some pretty good games recently. They finally seem like they've got their offense going again uh, with Jackson Dart, Quinshawn, Quinshawn Judkins, uh, and then, oh, God, I forgot the receiver's name. One, two, one of three isn't bad for me to forget. I'll, I'll give pretty, it to you. Pretty impressive, Although actually. you're probably thinking of Trey Harris the third, who was a is now an alum of my prospect preview series. 
Let's yes. Go. Yeah, Vanderbilt's had some flashes, uh, and maybe that's all they need to beat Ole Miss. But really, yeah, you're right. I'm just not picking Ole Miss. Next up here, Old Dominion at number 25, James Madison. Ranked in a season where they are ineligible for a bowl game. This happened last year, too. Hates them. Yes, it did. Also, last year, as soon as they got into the top 25, they finally lost. So if that happens here, we're getting memed. But it is the royal rivalry against Old Dominion. In theory, if Old Dominion wins this, they'll be tied for first in that division because uh, JMU's ineligible. So... We're all picking James Madison here. I do feel like they're probably the better team at this point, but it's a rivalry, and Old Dominion still actually looked pretty darn good themselves. What are you guys thinking with this game? I just think James Madison looks like an overall better team. Uh, they've done it consistently now. Yeah, they had a couple slip-ups last year. I think they ended the season 9-3. and three. Yes. Uh, But overall, man, eight they've three, pieced it 8-3. and three. Uh, overall, they've pieced it together very well here. Uh, and I'm going to keep picking them until the NCAA puts them in a playoff game or in a bowl game postseason. Playoff post-season. game works too. I fully 100% will support them claiming a conference championship and a national championship if they go undefeated this season. Uh, and that's really what I'm hoping for right now. Unlike UCF's illegitimate national championship, JMU's will be legitimate. And it'll be a gigantic middle finger to the NCAA. So, so Tug and I talked about this on the last episode that you weren't on. Uh, at, at present, it looks like if JMU wins out, they have a legitimate shot at being ranked number one in the Kali Matrix, which is how UCF claims their national championship. They were number one in the Kali Matrix. So it would be the same exact legitimacy that UCF has. In yeah. Mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. 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 Fair it's enough. Different. <laughs> All right, before we before we get into this next one, I got to ask, who is paying to view a game at midnight Eastern between San Jose State and Hawaii? You want to know? You want to know? Come real close. Degenerate gamblers. <laughs> they, no, they don't have the money. Come even closer. Me, if I could find it. <laughs> Because this game's probably going to be incredible. San Jose State at Hawaii in the Dick Tomei legacy game. We're all taking San Jose State here. I was very close to picking Hawaii, but, man, they do not look great. Uh, Neither does San Jose State, though, in all fairness. They don't look great. They just have a couple of good players at some key positions. I think they're going to pull this one out, but it is at Hawaii in a rivalry game. 11.59 11.59 p.m. Eastern time because they're obligated by NCAA rules to play on Saturday. So even though it's <laughs> Eastern time Saturday, it starts at 11.59. <laughs> and uh, it's on Spectrum pay-per-view. So I don't have Spectrum. I don't know if that prevents me from buying it. If it does, I'll be very sad. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to see if I can find a way. Just Reddit stream, go go find a sports book somewhere something yeah I don't know they've been cracking down on Reddit streams this year I'll figure it out we'll see what happens <laughs> I can't believe it's on Spectrum pay per view <coughs> so great for so many reasons anyway and now the scariest slide of the day. Let's get down to business on the games that we have picked for our viewing pleasure here. Uh, Bug, you had and a yours. great week last week. 
Uh, what are you thinking for this week? Uh, we'll get to it, but I definitely I don't think I'm getting three good games. However, I do think I'll have two, and I'm going to start that off with Oklahoma number six, Oklahoma at Kansas, taking place at noon Eastern on Fox. What I'm looking for in this one is Kansas has been kind of a surprising, frisky team. Uh, they've kept up everything that they did last year, and they've kept their quarterback healthy, which has gone a very long way for them. Now they're not having quite the success they had last year. And Oklahoma, they're undefeated. So why would I want to pick this one? Oklahoma's shown some weakness. They've shown some kinks in the armor. If they're going to drop a game, it's going to be at Kansas in Lawrence. Weird stuff happens whenever ranked teams go there. Uh, and, hey, guess what? Fans are going to be there for the entire game, not just in the third quarter when they start broadcasting. Hey, the gates are open. Just come to the fucking stadium. We're beating a ranked team. That was fine. I hate to burst your bubble. Uh, guess who's not playing in this game? Daniels is hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Of course not. Yep. Uh, so Good thing we I'm picked OU. Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. I say all that. I'm still picking OU because that's the safe pick to make. Yeah. Yeah. That's just – it's rough. When Daniels Wait, is out, Kansas pretty can't win this game, feels like. Just can't. You could have just said when Daniels is out, Kansas just can't win. Would have probably still been accurate. I mean, they could beat, I don't know, southeastern Louisiana or something. <laughs> Give them some credit. My next game that I'm going with is number 22, Tulane at four and three Rice. Now, Rice has surprised me with a couple of their wins, but I haven't been able to get eyes on them to see how they actually play. So I wasn't super wild in picking Rice to get the upset here, even though they are at home. However, I would not be at all surprised if we get memed here because Tulane, they showed some major issues with their offense as well against Memphis when I got a really good look at them there. I do, again, think that Tulane is the much better team. However, I think... That was a a chance for us to take advantage here and pull out a win. That was a great time for your internet to freeze in the yep. right in the smack dab yep. middle of a sentence. That's cool though. I very nearly took this game because I do think Rice has a legitimate shot. And if Tulane's going to drop another one in conference play, it very well might be this game at Rice. I did this one. Yep. Oh man, but I did pick Tulane. Got to. Yeah. Again, the safe pick. And then last but not least, this one is another probably safest of safe picks. Number eight, Incarnate Words, six and one at Lamar, four and three. Now, why would I pick this one? Because four and three against a six and one Incarnate Word that's been dominant for a couple of years doesn't look very good. And when you start digging more into it, it looks even worse. And Lamar, their four wins start with a win over a D2 opponent, followed up with a win. Standby, I'm pulling these back up. With a win against Houston Christian, who is three and four, which they only won by two points, and then beating Northwestern State and Southeast Louisiana. Their wins have not come against good teams. Yep. You go back a little bit further and see the good teams that they did play, and they got obliterated. However, it's crazy what a winning streak will do for a team, and especially when you're at home with nothing to lose. Might be worth keeping an eye on. That said, of course, we all have to go with the most logical and safest pick here and take the ranked incarnate word 
against Lamar. I don't see any reason not to. But, man, I would not be at all surprised if Lamar came out and played just good enough to keep this one interesting. I also wouldn't be surprised if they get absolutely blown out. Yeah, storyline I'm tracking with this one is whether Zach Calzada plays or not. I'm not sure. It really hurt Incarnate Word last week. They got down to a pretty significant deficit. It was like 27 to 7 at halftime against McNeese of all teams. They did come back to win, but that's not a good look. So if Zach Calzada is unable to play against Lamar, that would be a huge boost for their chances for the upset. But I'm still picking Incarnate Word. <laughs> about where I'm at with that one. All right, my games of the weekend, starting us off here with a couple of purple teams out of the UAC. Tarleton State at a very surprising 5-3 and three to start the year here. At number 18, Central Arkansas, who only has two losses on the season, and I think they're pretty respectable losses at that. Uh, understand why they're in the top 25. Man, I know we're all picking Central Arkansas here. And I do get it. I just want to finally check out Tarleton State and see what they're doing right. Because they're doing something, be it five and three at this point in the season. And they've had some pretty close games against some pretty decent teams down this stretch here. So, yeah, all picking the Bears might not end up being that close of a game as the records would indicate. I think Tarleton State has a decent shot of putting together some points, though which is something Central Arkansas hasn't historically done very well in their own right. More of a defense first, keep it low scoring, and good out some wins. So it might end up being a stylistic game that makes it fun to watch in, in that way. I do want to warn everybody, if you turn this game on on ESPN+, Plus, just be ready for your eyes to take a little bit to adjust because of <laughs> yeah. Central Arkansas's field. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's something. Let's call that a home field advantage. It 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 it's cool, but it hurts for the first I don't know ten minutes you're watching the game, <laughs> first ten years of watching them play, <laughs> then you might get used to it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Next up is a gross one. I'm taking this one because it's why not New Mexico at Nevada. All right, <laughs> let's be real here. Uh, Nevada won their first game. In over a year last week. That's cool. Good for the Wolfpack. Uh, New Mexico somehow is equally bad, if not worse, uh, even though they have three wins on the season. So this game is going to suck. It's also at Nevada. And I just want to see if Nevada can actually put together two wins in a row. This is their best shot to do that. In school history, basically, is what it feels like right now. They actually have one in hand, and they're playing a really bad opponent. I think this game has the potential to suck ass. But we should see the absolute best that Nevada has to offer. And, you know, maybe that's not good. But <laughs> maybe it is. We'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm taking the safe pick here. I Yeah. No, Nevada's not good. I mean, is New there... Mexico State's not good either, but somehow Nevada's worse. New Mexico, New Mexico. thank you. New Mexico yeah, State boy, is bad. good. New Mexico State is good. Is there a is there a safe pick with this matchup? I mean, New Mexico has more wins, but I don't know if that necessarily makes them the safe pick for this right. one. That's what I'm saying. I think this is just the, the familiar pick. <laughs> That's what makes picks like this fun. 
It's going to be weird. But that might be a good thing. We'll see. <laughs> and next up is another game that's at 1030. I have two late nights here for us. Uh, but Pac-12 after dark on ESPN. Number 11, the Oregon State at Arizona. Man, what a year for the Wildcats so far. Four and three on the season. One of those losses coming in triple overtime to USC. It gets weird in the desert every single year. People talk about it. This year it's coming to fruition more often than not, though. Arizona and Arizona State have a crazy home field advantage against the other Pac-12 teams. Who knows why exactly? It just is what it is. And it's going to be a close game here. But in part because that's how Oregon State plays things, but also because it's at Arizona. And that's just how games go at Arizona this year. Yep. Uh, what a job Jed Fish has done. I've heaped praise on him for the last season and a half now, just because of how much I hated that hire at first. And it really does feel like the right move now. But, man, what a turnaround for this program and just the culture around it and everything. But Oregon State, even more so with what they've been able to do the past couple of seasons. DJ Uyunglele is looking really solid, especially as of late. And they lean on that run game and the defense. I do expect Oregon State to pull this one out, but it should be a pretty tight game. And that's reflected in the spread. It's only a three-point favorite for the Beavers. Yep. Uh, no, I'm taking Arizona specifically because of that home field advantage. They've played really well as of late on top of that. Uh, at home is where they took USC to, was it double overtime? Uh, no, that was at USC. And oh, that was home, on the road. Home against better. Washington oh. was a touchdown game. Yeah, that's – and, and Oregon State's been hot and cold. If you can slow down their run game, uh, you can actually have some decent success against them. I do foresee that happening, which is why I'm going with Arizona. I, I think he's froze. That's very possible. This could get weird, <laughs> but I'm good with uh I'm good with taking Oregon State. Oh, he's there. He's back. I'm not getting baby. any indications that I'm freezing, so I don't know. You're good now. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving on to Tugs games here. What do you got for us, man? Waiting for the slides. Waiting for this. There it is. All right. Hey, I'm starting us off with uh, arguably my favorite uh, FCS team for absolutely no good reason. They can't play in the uh, the postseason, which still sucks. I hate the NCAA because we had another like four years of this for St. Thomas. Uh, but Marist is also sitting at the top of the Pioneer League having a really good season. Uh, this is going to be a very good game. Uh I'm taking St. Thomas here. I don't know if I will ever not take St. Thomas, but uh, what are you guys seeing outside of that? Yeah, I, Marist has been playing outside of themselves this season. I don't think anyone in their right minds would have picked them to win four games, let alone be close to the top of this Pioneer League. That's uh, great job. Get handed to them. But, man, St. Thomas does feel like the better team. What is interesting to me is both of these teams really do most of their work on the ground. Even yep. still, Maris does have a 1,000-yard passer, uh, which is something St. Thomas hasn't had in forever. So Since they put up 98 points against. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 
maybe maybe Marist has a better shot than we're giving him credit for here. It does feel like St. Thomas's game to lose, though, especially in Minnesota like this. Yep. Uh, my next game, I have Troy traveling down to Texas State in a battle for the uh, fun belt, what I'm going to call the runner-up here. Um, I'm sorry. It's I, the lead in the Sun Belt West. Come on. Yeah, but let's be honest. I don't care who wins. Um, like the Sun Belt, the Sun Belt champion is James Madison right now for me, and it's going to be hard for me to get away from that. Either way, this is going to be a really good matchup. Both teams are five and two, two and one in conference. A uh, real good head-to-head matchup here. Uh, I think their strength on strength is going to make it very interesting. I'm taking Troy on the road. Doug, you're taking Texas State. What are you seeing in this matchup? I just love Texas State. I mean, that's it's valid. That's the biggest thing for me. Who's your uh, favorite? The, yeah, I was about to get there. <laughs> I, I really like TJ Finley at quarterback for Texas State. What he's done is is really exciting to me. It's something that Texas State doesn't feel like they've had in a very long time. My favorite player might be Kamani Vidal for Troy, though, at running back. Uh, leads all of the FBS in rushing yards, 951 already at this point in the season. Uh, feels like uh, feels like that's pretty good. <laughs> Generally, yeah. 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 Usually, usually that's solid. Uh, I, I, there's a big part of me that feels like Troy is the better team here. I have a hard time picking against Texas State for some reason. So I'm going with Texas State. This is also like their best season ever already. So <laughs> let's fucking that, go Bobcats. That's fair. <laughs> I will not disagree. Uh, for my final game of this week, uh, Bug, you were wrong earlier. There is at least one other team that plays in a dome. Unfortunately, is not this weekend. Uh, but UNLV does play in Allegiant Stadium, uh, renting it from the Raiders. But I'm taking UNLV. I forgot at, that they moved there. The big Roomba yep. in the desert. Yep. Uh, cleaning up all that sand. Uh, we need to play in that new sphere. That'd be cool. I, I don't, know what I don't understand the but point of this. I don't sphere. even know what that thing is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. I don't think you can go inside board. of it. It's just a video, video sphere in the middle I of Las Vegas. I think you can. Either way, uh, I've got UNLV at Fresno State. This is has major implications on the Mountain West uh, for the title game here. Either one of these teams with a win will poise themselves to get a spot in that in that title game. Uh, yes, Wyoming is still in that conversation as much as I hate that, but that will not change uh, unless UNLV beats Wyoming. Um, but for now, we have UNLV at Fresno State. Again, I think these teams are very evenly matched, but I really like what, Fre- uh, what uh, UNLV has been doing all season, the way they've been building this program. I'm going to give the edge to the uh, UNLV here. Uh, Doug, you're taking Fresno State. What are you seeing? This is the first time all episode I've been able to say this, but I'm siding with who I believe to be the actual better team. Hey. That's cool. I enjoy that. Uh, you know, I, I've, this is a game I might pick UNLV if they were at home, but I still feel like I would be picking the upset. Right, Fresno State yep. has is good and has been good for quite some time. Like this isn't an unusual territory for the Bulldogs to be in. They look like one of, if not the best team in the Mountain West, even though Air Force is undefeated. Like this is a legitimate group of five squad. So, 
I, I do like what UNLV has done this year. It has been impressive in a lot of respects. Fresno State's been more impressive to me. That That's fair. With that win on the road down in Purdue, uh, you gave me shit for it, but uh, I was correct on that one. Yes, I did give you shit for it, and you were I right. just I just want the ride to keep going for UNLV. It's really all I know. You're a big secret Barry Odom supporter. You love Barry Odom. I mean, he has done great work down there. Former Memphis man. And former Missouri man. I know how much you love the Tigers. We don't talk about that. (laughs) It's the dark times. (laughs) The dark times. Oh, man. All right, moving on, looking ahead to the 2024 NFL Draft, which is in Detroit, and I still haven't made up my mind if I'm going to go or not because it is close enough that I could drive there, but also it's in Detroit. So (laughs) just don't get on the people mover. You'll be fine. I feel like the whole city is a people mover. Just uh, turning them out. All right, let's move on here. (laughs) Starting off with the offensive side of the ball. Prospect to watch here looking at offensive linemen. Only the second time so far this season. Have to do it every once in a while. We are the big dudes in the trenches after all. Jake Levengood, the center for Oregon State. A redshirt senior, six foot four, almost 300 pounds, been putting together a season worth watching. Uh, half the pressures allowed so far that he had last season. Uh, his first is the second full year starting at center. Half the penalties. I know we're like halfway through the season, but still, he's on pace to do a little bit better than he did last year. And I see not too many great centers in this class. So maybe Jake Levengood gets a bump just from that alone. Uh, we're looking at a late day two, early day three projection for him as a center. That's about the best you can ask for anyway. Yeah. So I think that's pretty good. This Oregon State offensive line has been their strength for the last three seasons now, it feels like. He has been a starter for that line for more than just the past two years at center, including this year. Uh, he was also a guard for a time there. And in that COVID-shortened season, he what, that was his worst year. It was the first year starting. He has gotten better since then, significantly so. And being the front and center, literally, of that offensive line, uh, being, being uh, a leader of that main unit that has propelled them to great heights for the Oregon State program, uh, that's, just, that's a good look. Um, I expect, as a center, you're going to interview well. That's your mandate at the combine. You better interview well. Uh, <laughs> represent. Let's go, big man. I feel like you were about to say something. I was thinking. Off. I was thinking if I had anything to say, but then he moved. Right. In. I was like, "No, nah, I really don't." On the defensive side of the ball, I'm looking at edge rusher. Mostly plays outside the linebacker, but also only plays like. 10 snaps in coverage a season. So edge rusher, Jalen Green for the James Madison Dukes. Looking here at just a insanely productive season. Um, 13 snaps like is fucking impressive. Yeah. Considering I only have one. Exactly. We only have three across the whole show. Dude has 13 of them. Insane. Uh, what's even grosser to me, and a big reason why I picked Jalen Green this week, I found out that if the NCAA had their head on their shoulders correctly, Jalen Green would be the FBS leader in sacks. 
but they're not really counting James Madison individual stats because they're not postseason eligible. So if you go to the NCAA website right now, you will not see Jalen Green as the leader in sacks, even though he definitely is. Uh, I want Jalen Green to fuck up the rest of the Sun Belt all season, as he's already been doing, because number one, he looks phenomenal doing it, and number two, holy fucking shit, NCAA, fuck you. Like, this is (laughs) what gets me. You're telling me this mm-hmm. dude should probably be a Heisman front runner. I mean, and should win a, all of the defensive awards that he can possibly win, but just won't because they're not really a team right now. Let's get one thing straight: defensive players never going to win the Heisman. We we've been shown that time and again, so that's out the window. Number two, he's a Group of Five player, so even if he were being considered for major awards, everyone would shun him for a player who had half the stats at a power five team. So let's be realistic. There was no shot of him doing any of those cool things. Anyway, what can happen though, is he works his way into the day two conversation with just some more work, some real development of the array of pass rush moves that you'd want to see at the next level. Uh, I don't know what he has in his arsenal right now. I haven't seen too many James Madison games. Uh, really only two, one, one and a half, honestly. I want to see this full game here this week against Old Dominion. First of all, Old Dominion has a pretty decent offensive line. Second of all, if he can get some more pressure here, I want to see how he does it. And he is 6'1", 245. That's not exactly prototypical edge rusher size. Yeah. So put together some some advanced techniques and work your way into that draft conversation. That's what I want to see here. I mean, the 37 tackles, 13 sacks. Oh, my goodness. What a season so far. It My, my thing here, too, though, that I want to highlight of why I would be concerned, why I, I'm going to back up your day two uh, an evaluation is uh, look at this year compared to last year. It's day and night. So he's really only put this success together for one year. Um, that scares a lot of NFL teams, understandably so. Uh, but I'm glad he's putting it together, and I do think he's going to work his way into that day two conversation. It didn't scare the Steelers from taking Kenny Pickett. Didn't scare the Bears it, from taking Mitch Trubisky. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but he's also not a quarterback, so it'll probably scare everybody from doing anything. Yeah, so. yeah. Because... Fuck the NCAA and apparently fuck defensive players. That's, that's this is why college football is better than the NFL. Fuck the NFL. <laughs> I agree, but we do have a, a point redemption to talk about a football topic. So before we Ooh. get on out of here, let's talk about Army joining the American Athletic Conference as a football only member. Uh, especially considering that this includes Navy being a non-conference game and still taking place after the season has concluded. I've actually seen a couple discussions about this, and I don't know how this exactly would work. I'm curious if you guys have seen anything. Say Navy and Army are the two best teams in the Americans. Say they don't add Mm -hmm. divisions, they end up being the two best teams. Would they just not play the conference championship game that week and make Army-Navy the conference championship game? Or what's going to be the deal there? They would play back-to-back weekends. 
That's Has fucking that been stated? Yes, that is the way it is written. And I, so I work with a West Point grad who was on the sprint football team there. So he gets like all the athletic department emails, especially now too, still. Uh, and he was telling me that, yes, if, if Army and Navy meet in the conference championship game, that would be week 14. And then the Army-Navy game would go on as scheduled as a non-conference game the next week. Oh. So, <laughs> so they will not meet in the regular season before the Army-Navy game, and that will not count towards conference standings. Fair enough. Because of, mostly That's because of CBS's contract. Insane. Which goes on. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, and I, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people talking about this too. And oh, why, why wouldn't the American go back to divisions? Like, well, there's only three conferences that have divisions right now, anyway. So it doesn't make sense for them to be the fourth just to say that they're the fourth to do it. The Big Ten's about to get rid of them. So yeah, yeah. So it's conference dissolved. So (laughs) yeah, divisions are basically going away anyway. Yeah. The amount of money, like, yeah, play this game on Thanksgiving weekend, but there's the Egg Bowl, there's three NFL games, or you could play it the week that there's no football going on in a day where you're the only game. Right. Game is watching. Everybody's talking about it. I don't know. It's just, it, it makes too much sense. Plus, the, the whole spectacle and uh, maybe spectacle is not the right word, but all the pomp and circumstance around it, especially with it moving around to different stadiums for the next, what, four or five years, they're going to be at different places throughout the country. Yeah. It's going to be a traveling game. This is a much bigger deal than a, just a normal conference game. Honestly, Absolutely. it's even a bigger deal than a conference championship game. So I'm a little disappointed to hear that, but it does make sense. Well, yeah, because in that scenario, you're very potentially looking at Army or Navy being the group of five representatives in New Year's Six. That has to be decided by a certain date. So it, yeah, you have to have that championship game, and you have to let Army-Navy as, a, as an entity, the Army-Navy game in itself, still live up to the Army-Navy it's game. It's its, yeah. its own thing. So it's I love Army joining the American, though. That is the ideal replacement for SMU in my eyes. Like 100%. couldn't have worked out better. Forget SMU. You should never have had them in the first place. Just get army from the get. I can't, I can't wait for <laughs> air force to magically join too. I'd be yeah. okay with that. I would be a okay with that. Yeah. I, I would be curious. This, this does kind of open the conversation up to that. Would that mean that, Air Force versus Army and Navy would also be non-conference games, or would they count them as conference games because they don't have the big Army Navy games? No, they would. They, they would probably do those as conference games. Yeah, they don't have the big contract with CBS. Feel, like C, CBS yeah. owns all the right. service academies, but not effectively enough that it. It's a big game, but it's not the same. Like you said, pomp and circumstance. It's not the same. Right, and I, I feel like that'd be used to get relegated to CBS Sports Network too. So, <laughs> yeah, and and then you're looking at three games between conference <laughs> opponents that you're going to count as non-conference. That makes scheduling nightmarish. A yeah. nightmare. Uh, we got, yeah, we got another point redemption uh, for a football topic. I want to go at this pretty quick uh, because we have talked at length about this in our Discord. Uh, check out the Discord link in the description below. 
or you know, it's scrolling across the bottom this whole time. You can you can type that in if you want. The whole Michigan cheating sign stealing scandal. I Doug, I know you've got uh, a very passionate side about this with it being Michigan, with it being the big rival. I've kind of said my piece. I really do think too that regardless of where you stand as far as Michigan fan or not, uh, this is this is not good. This not is not good, good for the book is, for it's putting it lightly. <laughs> uh, for the University of Michigan. We've we've talked about the death penalty uh, in relation to college football. I, I think if there's ever been a time that it's been deserved, I think this is it. Yeah, the NCAA I, won't do it. They need Michigan I don't know that to be it's good. Deserved either. Um. All right. As an Ohio State fan, of course, I think this is awful. I don't think there's any realistic way you could make this a death penalty case, though. Like, unless it comes out that Vegas was involved, too, somehow. And the staff were, like, making money off of this in some way. uh, Which, I don't know. Maybe at this point it wouldn't surprise me with everything else that's been coming out. It feels like we were learning new things about it every fucking day. We would have seen those so, payments on Venmo. True. True. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is it is bigger than just Michigan, though, at this point, which is crazy. Because now it's coming out, it looks like maybe they helped South Carolina beat Tennessee last year. So that they wouldn't have to play Tennessee in the playoffs. You also I'm, look I'm at okay it, with that. The only team that they didn't scout that could have been a playoff matchup was TCU. So then they lose a TCU. Like <laughs> there are some obvious signs that something happened at the start of 2021 to turn this program around. And it wasn't the recruiting classes, I'll tell you that much. So it's just following the evidence and the logic of it and following how piecing together, how it makes sense, how they got so good so quickly and how, yeah, they are definitively the best second half team in the history of the sport last year. That doesn't happen out of nowhere. Harbaugh's never done this before. So, there have been signs pointing to this. I The most I see happening, though, is I think this is best-case scenario for the sport, too. I know as an Ohio State fan, but still, you need to vacate all the wins that we know they were cheating for. This is a legitimate 100%. violation of at least two NCAA rules uh, based on what we know right now. You have to vacate those wins which appear to go back to 2021. You also need to prevent them from going to the postseason. I know the NCAA can't exactly do that this year with the timeline of when this is coming out and how NCAA investigations work. The Big Ten Conference itself appears to be equally pissed about this. It's very likely the Big Ten puts its foot down and says, no, you're not coming to the Big Ten Championship game, whether you earned it, quote-unquote, or not, because you cheated your way in. 
And I think that's uh, actually kind of a likely scenario at this point. The NCAA doesn't get their decision down fast enough and the Big Ten just steps in. So I've got one thing I want to say and one question I have for you specifically, Doug. Okay. So, Doug, I know we say it all the time on the show that money is the center of all this. That's how all the decisions are made. Hell, we were just talking about it with the Army-Navy game, right? I don't think that Michigan getting a SMU-esque death penalty will have the same type of financial impact on college football, the University of Michigan, et cetera, that it did on SMU because Michigan is such a massive brand. So uh, to me, at least, I don't think that's going to play as big of a deal for them in defining a punishment as maybe I would if this was, say, UCF, who's been on fire lately, or Cincinnati, right? So I, I, I think it would, and here's here's why. Uh, because, number one, back when SMU got the death penalty, they were that big of a brand. They were a blue blood college. They were team. never as big as Michigan. Though. But but hear me out. If you put in the exact sanctions that Michigan just got, right? Or not that Michigan just got, but if with the exact sanctions SMU got, you catch a five year postseason ban and you lose your scholarships entirely for I, I forget how many years it was, but it was significant. So you can't hand out scholarships. You you're reverting them to a D three program. You can't compete in the postseason. So you're right. Does it have the immediate effect? No. But what what do you lose out of that? You lose the ESPN money. Or you, was it ESPN? No, you lose the Fox money. That'll get reduced with, with, with that coming down. Then Michigan has to build their program up from basically scratch. The big I, house is it look if if Nebraska can sell out, I think the big house will still sell Nebraska out. Nebraska doesn't sell out, they have a donor that buys all the leftover tickets. It's they not the still, same thing. It is though. The, the money <laughs> they still, still make money there. from it. That's they the point. Money the money it. still shows up. Money is where they make the least or tickets are where they make the least amount of money in the I, stadium. I, I think the, the, I I just don't think there's any way the SWA gives a death penalty to the winningest program I, in comfortable history. Correct. Like legitimately. I know, and that it is over the course of college football history. They are the biggest brand in the sport. Yeah, as an Ohio State fan, Michigan is the biggest brand in the history of the sport across all of time. It is a fact of the sport. You're not cutting that program from existence. I think, though, it's very likely. We at least see something to the effect of what USC got under Pete Carroll. Uh, Pete Carroll left because of it, right? Where it hurt that program for quite some time. They basically went down to like 40 scholarship players at one point. And they probably still end up winning eight games a year out of it. But they're going to have to vacate some wins. And they're going to be down a whole lot of scholarships. And I think that's so more realistic. This is this is where I want to get into my direct question to you. Does this make these last two losses to Michigan sting a lot less, or do you still think that Ohio State should have beat them? There, uh, man, it comes back to the first half of the game was so different both those years. The second half, they came out and dominated both of those games. I wonder why, <laughs> right? At this point, you just, man, that is real curious. 
I uh, I feel like there were some things about Ohio State at the time that we needed to correct as well. Like, I respect the rivalry to the point where I am emotionally, yes, it fucking sucked. I am okay with losing a game if it means that we correct some things about the program as a whole and come back better next year because that's what we needed to do to be competitive in the rivalry. For them to have spat on the rivalry like they did pisses me the fuck off. Everything about the season is for the game. And to say that it doesn't matter, you're going to do whatever it takes to win, even if it's outside the bounds of the rules, instead of saying, I'm going to do everything in my power within the rules to make the best team that I can and show up best prepared that I can. That's not respecting the rivalry. That's fucking insane. That's what makes me mad more than the fact that we lost. It's fair. I it, They're probably going to have to vacate both of those wins to some extent. Who cares about that kind of stuff, right? Other than the NCAA record books, everyone's going to remember that they won. Everyone remembers that the Louisville Cardinals won a national championship basketball. Had to give that up, technically. They won. Right. Everybody remembers the Fab Five being really good, even though the NCAA came back and said, no, they weren't actually, but they were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we lost. But they disrespected the rivalry in order to do it. That gives me. I do think there's one thing all three of us have said and all three of us agree on. This is in the signs have been on the wall for a while now. I personally do believe that this is John Harbaugh's last year at Michigan. I don't oh, see yeah. how he comes back. It He's gonna have to a be. show cause for 40 years. Yeah. He's never getting another shot in the NCAA ever again in his life. And honestly, what should I, happen is that he shouldn't get a shot in the NFL either. Yeah, he'd be lucky to get one of the Jim NFL Trestle before. got Jim Trestle got his job offer rescinded from the Indianapolis Colts once it came out that he was actually getting a show calls from the NCAA after what happened in Ohio State for the fucking tattoos that his yeah. players gave. Got uh, not even fucking close to this. Harbaugh should never be allowed to coach another game of football ever at any level ever, ever, ever again. You this felt is, that way for a long time, though. This just gives you proof. That, that. was me joking because he's <laughs> I hate him. Yeah, as a concept, because he coaches <laughs> the worst team ever. He, co- he coaches for Michigan. Now we have evidence that he doesn't respect the game of football. Yeah, I mean, that's a violation of everything the sport stands for. Yeah. yeah, I don't care if you think it's not a big deal that he stole signs, whatever. It's against the rules at like three different levels. Yeah, and we've we've had those rules in place for a long enough time. Nobody else. For good reason. reason. This isn't high school ball where you're allowed to go scout your team ahead of time. You trade tape with them. Like, this isn't the same. There are rules. You still trade tape. That's fine. You still have all 22. You still have broadcasts. You can watch the fucking games. What what I'm saying. Stand on either sideline and record the fucking signals. Or from the stand. And then laminate a sheet of the signals and then stand next to the coordinators and be that's the that's the most insane, insane thing of all this is like you you were oh on the sideline, you weren't even up in the press booth with a right. microphone talking to him. There's just a picture of you on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. 
and Venmo transactions with GA as the description or Dame as the request. Like, dude, come on, man. Little four leaf clover. I wonder what game they're going to. <laughs> so, yeah, we have evidence this has been going back to 2021. They watched Minnesota Ohio State that year to start the year. So, it's been going on since the very beginning of 2021. At least when Connor Stallions first got the full time job, I, I also want to so, make this a little fun. There's one Big Ten school that they never scouted, according to some leaks. Who do we think it is? Because it is not specified. Was it's it specified? It Northwestern. But... It has not. But I thought it came out because it says fourteen of thir- uh, thirteen of fourteen Big Ten schools have evidence of that. Well, they, I guess they would be the fourteenth. Uh, well, so here's the other speculation, though. Thirteen of fourteen. Big Ten schools, 12 of 13 other Big Ten schools yeah. have come out and said they have evidence or whatever. Northwestern is the only private school in the Big Ten. Correct. So it's very possible that they have pushed evidence out to someone, but they're not required to disclose that. Correct. So, Or it's Nebraska be... because they suck so bad they didn't care to go No, Nebraska either. came out and said, I think they, they have evidence – Nebraska came out with evidence. I was really hoping it was North. I was really hoping it was Nebraska. I mean, it was one of two schools. It was Northwestern or Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> or you would think Rutgers, but apparently Rutgers, they were definitely doing it for. So, <laughs> well, I think it's more of who Rutgers plays because Rutgers plays all the teams in the East. So I think Rutgers got caught by proxy by hosting no. a game. No, if you go back and watch some Michigan Rutgers games. Uh, Greg Schiano has some interesting words about how the games went at some uh, interviews saying there's there's something not right going on. I wonder what he could potentially be referring to. <laughs> you know, he's sitting there in his office, like watching the news break going, I knew it. Yep. Yeah. We got one last point redemption. Uh, somebody wants you to read off the links there, Tug. Oh, that's fine. I was going to do that anyway. Why'd they redeem points? Give them the points back. Moderator, give them the points back. I know it's Doug. I wanted to hear you read the links. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, these links will be in the description below as always. But just in case, I will read them out to you because these two guys are, for some reason, like like listening to me my voice isn't as good as doug's but you know i'll i'll do my best we have patreon.com slash bt football x.com slash bt football facebook.com slash bt football instagram.com slash bt underscore football mailbox at bt football.com bt football.com is our website twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches all one word youtube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches all one word and our discord will be linked below Bug, I'm read sorry. I'm it, not sorry. Coward. No, I'm not reading it. I told you to give the points back. I'm not reading it. Don't put yourself down like that. Your voice is fine. It's so not as good as yours. That's weird. <laughs> I'm not the hey. one who's been requested to read pre-recorded bedtime stories. That's <laughs> also fucking weird. All right. For the record. <laughs> We're, uh, hey, all right, moving on. Why... Why did the vampire fail art? I feel like I should know this one. Um, the lighting was just never right. He just couldn't get that sunlit scene. It really oh. ruined, really ruined it. They were all because black. 
because he only knew how to draw blood. Oh, my mm. God. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is clearly all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win a game.